Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 for Friday, January 21st. Coming up on the show today, there are some actual other sports taking place in the state of Tennessee, so I'll make sure that you at least know about that. But we will talk with Jim Wyatt of Titans Online today to give you some historical context around the Titans-Bengals playoff matchup on Saturday. Make sure you remember the name, the Kingston Group. If you own a home in Nashville, you know that remodeling and renovations and custom builds are just a part of the business and managing your home's equity and what it does for you financially is critically important. Make sure you talk to the folks at the Kingston Group. They will manage all of this for you with their award-winning trusted process. They've been doing business in Nashville for over a decade. Give them a call. Buildkg.com is the website. That's buildkg.com. Remember the name, the Kingston Group. Before we hear from Jim Wyatt of Titans Online, I want to remind everybody there is another special edition of the 440 out on Friday with media predictions from across the board on the Titans-Bengals game. Buck Rising, Mike Herndon, Joe Rexroad, Ben Arthur, even a little nugget from Coach Mac, Dave McGinnis, who was our guest this weekend on Lamestream Sports. Make sure you check out that show. And of course, Jim Wyatt doing his best impersonation of a prediction. With all that now out of the way... I always love talking to Jim. We talk to him about a lot of things, Derrick Henry's maturation process, what this coaching staff and team and organization has learned from losing to Baltimore last season. But I began our conversation with Jim's historical context of what a win would mean for the Titans organization, fans, and city on Saturday. Well, it would be a great deal. I mean, it would be a great deal. I mean, we, these are kind of few and far between. Yeah, I've covered the team since 99 long time, as you mentioned, and they've only been, you know, the number one seed two other times. That was back in 2000 and back in 2008. You go all the way back to the, to the Oilers days, and this team has never been, this franchise has never been in this position. So, you know, it's a huge opportunity. You know, it's like winning a playoff game without playing, you know, because I got the, got the bye last week. I get the sense the you know, the fans are juiced about this. I can tell from the community. I can tell from social media. I can tell, listen to talk radio. And uh, if you find a way to win and host an AFC championship game, it would, it would mean an incredible amount. I mean, especially for people that have, have been with this team and followed this team from the very beginning, because this team has a lot of hardcore fans that have been out there from the glory years from starting in 99 to some not so – great years uh, along the way. So it would be, uh, it'd be a great accomplishment. And certainly that's the, that's the plan. You know, a lot of those things you just mentioned were very true last year. A lot of confidence from the team, from the media, from fans going into that Baltimore game didn't work out obviously the way the team wanted. Can you see anything different this week, this year around as it pertains to the coaching staff, Mike Vrabel, some of the veterans on the team, are you seeing, are you sensing any different approach this year? Well, I mean, I do. I think experience helps, you know, whether it's good or bad. And, and obviously, great experience in 2019 when you go to New England and win and go to Baltimore and win. You didn't win the AFC Championship, but at least you got that experience. I think a lot of people kind of thought maybe we see a repeat of that of that last year, and it didn't happen. And it was a, a you know a big disappointment to to people with the team, fans of the team really everybody involved and I think it it makes you appreciate even, even more just you know needing to take advantage of the opportunities that you have and these don't come along very often and this team next year won't look like it does this year 
the defense is better. I mean, I think that's one thing you can hang your hat on, but the defense wasn't the problem in the playoff game last year against the Ravens. That's actually when they stood up and played their best ball of the year, other than maybe along Lamar Jackson. Well, the offense didn't really get anything going. But uh, I, I think the offense – I think the defense, I think the coaching staff, I think they're all in good place. When this team's healthy, as healthy as it's been since the beginning of the year, they're not going to get some of these guys back that were lost for season-ending injuries. But all these other guys who they've tried to, to, to rehab and to try to maintain and to try to get them peaking at just the right time, all those guys are going to be available to play on Saturday. And so I think the, the mood, the mindset, the compass level is, is good across the board. It, Jim, how would you describe? Like, I had I had the good fortune of covering Derrick Henry at Alabama when he's playing in a playoff game as a young as a young player at Alabama. I had a chance to to do some shows with him when he was a young player for the Titans. He's now coming back. You wrote a little bit about sort of where he's at mentally and and how he's back now with pads this week on TitansOnline.com. Of course, how would you describe the the changes, the maturation process, who the the person Derrick Henry is today versus when he got here? Well, I mean, when he first got here, he came into a situation where DeMarco Murray was clearly this team's, you know, top back. And and pretty much Derek did in a lot of ways, not what the coaching staff wanted him to do, but what DeMarco Murray wanted him to do. I mean, I remember situations where, you know, they probably wanted DeMarco Murray to come off the field to give him a break, and he would – send Derrick Henry back to the sideline, like, hey, I'm good. And, and, and part of that's because Derrick, you know, DeMarco Murray was a consummate pro when he wanted to play, just like any back wants to play. But I think a part of it also is, you know, he probably realized that he had this guy behind him and Derrick Henry, and if you kind of crack the door open for him and he has some success, and you know, that might be all she wrote for me here. And ultimately, that's what happened. I mean, DeMarco ended up getting hurt his second year, and Derek got a chance and showed what he can do. And then kind of the rest is history. I'm, I, I'm sure that was tough on Derek back then. I know it was tough. I, mean, I, I, I know early in his career, I, I remember dealing with him then. I remember talking to people who were close to him. And I think there was obviously some frustration there because he wanted to play. Uh, but he waited his turn, and he got himself in a position where he could thrive, and uh, he's taken full advantage of it. And he's a great teammate, really a good guy. Loves the team, you know. He loves his teammates. Hates all the attention that comes to him. Uh, now he's faced with obviously an enormous amount of pressure. I mean, when he got went down with the injury this year, there was a lot of conversation and debate. Was he done for the year? Is he coming back? And I think internally. Uh, you know, and myself speaking for just myself, I, mean, I, I I got the sense even early November that he's going to be back for the playoffs. But you know, I, I didn't uh, push that too much just because I didn't want to add any more pressure that's already going to be on this guy. I mean, uh, and now here we are; he is here, and it came, and he uh, he got himself ready based on a lot of hard work. Uh, you know dealing with the trainers, dealing with, you know, himself working through some of the tough times that go with rehabbing an injury that has sidelined you now for two and a half months. And it's been cool to kind of see the process. First him running, getting his conditioning right, then him kind of first starting to practice and and kind of getting a feel for the lineman again, being back out there, then practicing in pads for the first time this week. And now it looks like Derrick Henry's getting ready to – it looks like the Derrick Henry – that started the regular season. And, and a lot of that's a credit to him. 
and their patience with him. And uh, I can't just say enough about just what type of, what a great team guy he is. Well, there are some other sports going on in the state this weekend outside of what could be the best weekend of football all season long. The Nashville Predators are trying to rebound after a tough week with a critical home contest against the old division rival Detroit Red Wings. Puck drop on Saturday night has actually been pushed back 30 minutes to 7.30 because of the Titans game in case some fans want to try the, uh, the old double dip this weekend. The Wings are a middle-of-the-pack Eastern Conference team, so two points at home should be the goal for Nashville on Saturday night. This weekend is also monstrous in SEC basketball. The Vols, fresh off their win over Vandy on Tuesday night, will get a second chance to beat Will Wade and LSU as the number 13 Tigers come to Knoxville for a 5 p.m. tip-off against Tennessee on Saturday. The main appetizer, however, to NFL football will be number 2 Auburn hosting number 12 Kentucky down on the Plains. Both teams have looked like one seeds of late, and both teams look like they could be the best in the SEC. So this should be a gem of a January basketball game. Tip-off is at noon and should wrap up right around tailgate time. Vanderbilt is at Florida. That one's at noon. Georgia at South Carolina. Ole Miss is at Mississippi State. Missouri at Alabama. And Texas A&M is at Arkansas. The Memphis Grizzlies have a brutal weekend double fixture. After losing to the defending champs on Wednesday night, John Morant and company will go on the road to take on Denver on Friday night at 8 p.m. and will be at Dallas at 6.30 p.m. on Sunday. Two big Western Conference road games this weekend for a team that has now lost two out of three following their 11-game franchise record winning streak. The 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. They've been in business for over a decade in Nashville because they are excellent at what they do. Period. End of discussion. That's all you should need to know. Just reach out and have a conversation with them. They will help you with whatever it is you need with your home. Whether you use them or not, they will be of benefit to you. Make sure you talk to the Kingston Group. That's buildkg.com, the Kingston Group. Thank you guys all for listening, of course. Make sure you're tuned in to every show across the 440 Sports Network. Got a lot of great guests this week on all those shows. Broadway Sports Media Pods as well. Those guys are doing a great job making sure you're covered through the Titans playoff run. Again, enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you guys all for listening. Please share the show. My name is Braden Gall, at Braden Gall on Twitter. This has been the 444 Friday, January 21st. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.